You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Hey there, welcome to episode 5 of Push the Points Team Previews, presented by the Mash Those Buttons Podcast Network. I am your host, Ramsey. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for coming along. I'm here with my boy, my partner in crime, Lobosco. Lobo, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Uh, It is the final preview. We get to look at the last few teams that we haven't talked about. And there's a lot to talk about with these last couple of teams that we have left. Like, we kind of left, not the best for last, but... A very interesting mix of teams that we've got here for last. For sure. As always, we want to remind you to leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you like to use. Find us in Discord at discord.me slash mash those buttons and follow us on Twitter at pushpoint pod. Labosco, this is like the highest of high, not highest of highs. This, there's some really high highs of this group of teams, and there are some, I think it's fair to say, like subterranean lows that we're going to cover. Maybe just one really low team. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for this group. Yeah, it, it is a very good mix of teams for for different reasons as far as like, I mean, I don't, it was kind of arbitrary how we broke it up. Like there was no specific way how we're like, this is how we're going to break things up. This is just kind of how the cards fell. And these are the teams mm-hmm. that we have left. Well, of those four teams, we're excited to talk about number one, uh, a team that you have had plenty of questions about last year. I think we're going to have even more this year. Number one, the Soul Dynasty. 2020 seemed to be the year that Soul Dynasty would finally embrace their potential as Korea's premier Overwatch representatives. The team had brought in Prophet and Jester from the London Spitfire who were both championship winners and often considered top three, if not some of the best worldwide in their respective roles as DPS and off-tank. They'd be joining returning tank duo Marvel and Michelle, who had huge strides as upper-tier frontline in Season 2. Hitscan DPS fits seemed to be growing nicely, while main support veteran Toby remained the dynasty's linchpin. Despite a bevy of excellent players on the roster, many fans had serious questions about how the team would fill the roster of flex support after the off-season departure of beloved player and team captain Ryu Jae Long, who had left during for free agency. Seoul had brought in former London Flex Bedosian, also a championship winner, and had promoted a now of age player creative from their developmental team, Genji. Other questions were presented as well. How would the tank line shake up now that Seoul had two excellent main tanks on the roster? Expectations were high for the Seoul squad. Soul Dynasty's Season 3 performance would be characterized by near-consistent flip-flopping. In their opening games, the team won three matches against both Western and Eastern competition before slumping back to a 4-4 record going into the May Melee Tournament. Because of Ages region's small number of teams, the Dynasty qualified for every tournament, though their results seemed to decline from the final finishes to first-round eliminations. 
Questions about performance and lineup choices dodged the team. Instead of fielding their own off-tank Michelle, the dynasty instead attempted to morph Marvell into a strange main off-tank hybrid, a position in which he often struggled. Bedozen and Creative rotated in the starting flex support position for Creative seemed to lock it down by season's end. Most glaring of all the team's struggle to play well in compositions besides Sigma Orisa Double Shield. Prophet couldn't quite seem to master the recently introduced new hero Echo, which often hurt the team during periods she was available for play. New players were brought in to potentially fix some of these problems as off-tank player 2U joined the squad on a two-way contract and former Vancouver Titans Slime joined as an additional main support. Baffingly, these players barely even played, with Slime not even appearing at all. Despite these struggles, the Soul Dynasty were saved by hitting the right meta at the right time. When Roguehog became a meta staple during playoffs, Jester flourished. He carried fights with expertly timed hooks and unexpected flanks. Marvell was able to shift onto his comfort heroes Wrecking Ball and Sigma, while Creative stuck to his best hero Anna. Even better, Prophet morphed back into unstoppable playform, putting on absolute clinics with a variety of heroes. The dynasty rode this sudden wave of momentum all the way to Final Four, where they would be sent to the loser's bracket by the San Francisco Shock and eventually meet them again in Grand Finals. The dynasty fought hard but fell to the dominant Shock, finishing in second place overall with a fifth place divisional finish and a 12 and 12 record. Okay, Lobo. So. This soul roster is changed up a little bit. Um, there's a couple key changes, but not like a huge overhaul like some other teams. Uh, over at DPS, we have two guys returning. You have Fitz over at the hit scan role and your Sombra. I think he plays a couple of your flick scans too. Profit, of course, I think has like I think has now ascended to probably being the greatest of all time in Overwatch. I would say as far as just pure skill ca- capabilities. That's probably an argument for a separate podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're joined uh, by, I think, one of the most beloved players in Overwatch League, uh, former New York Excelsior team captain, Sabiolbi, is coming in as your as another hitscan player at DPS. Your support line looks a little new. Uh, creative, your flex support from playoffs last year is coming back. Onimo, another former New York player, is coming in at main support. And then tanks are the same. Uh, we have Marvell, Gesture as your both main tank, except Marvell plays a bunch of off tank now for some reason. And Two You has been promoted from uh, a two way flex tank to a main roster only flex tank. So, looking at this roster, Lobo, what do you think of these new pickups? I think people have had a variety of takes on these over the past couple of months. Well, first off, I, I, just because you were talking about Marvell as sort of uh, you know a main tank, I think he's just an off tank now. Who can place a main so. tanks? I think that's the position you put him in as because I see him as the starter, unless there's a specific meta where there's a couple of the tanks where like two you would probably play over, like if it's Zarya or something like that. 
So mm-hmm. um, I think that's sort of your your tank lineup. I, I know this isn't the place most people expect us to start because there's some really interesting things, but but I think it's because it's the most solid and the same, the only part of this team that's really sort of the same for the most part completely for as far as importance mm-hmm. in, in what they did. You know, Gesture's the team captain of this team as well. But this team in and of itself, I mean, the the core, the, the these tanks together were much better of a core than I think people really thought that they were going to be. They were pretty good. I think we saw them really get like meta locked last year where when they both got to play like Arisa Sigma, they were like when they got to play Hog and I don't remember what the other tank they played in that meta was like. They looked great. But when you got into some metas like that were, I guess I was under the impression last year that when Marvell kind of had to like be a really good off tank, he was good, but like he wasn't like an elite level off tank, which is unfair to expect of a guy being transitioned from main tank to off tank. I I, I totally think so. But I, I, I'm hoping we see him just fully reach elite off tank status. It, I the think it's an incredible po- Sigma. I think it's possible because like his diva was actually pretty good. Like you think about the importance of diva towards the end of the year and stuff like he was not a bad diva. He he uh, was he fury or anything like that. No, but but he got the job done. He was he worked really well with gesture, too, which I think is the important part more than anything else is that him and gesture just seem to make a really good team together and work well off of each other. So you you kind of had those opportunities where where they could play really well together because a lot of the the meta that we saw last year was that. But but even still like this a team as a whole didn't have the greatest regular season anyways. They were just mm-hmm. playoff they were playoff juggernauts whenever that it would come to that time which the history of the two players who are the the integral parts in profit and gesture that's nothing new. They've been that way since they were on GC Busan. So mm-hmm. I, I think this team, you bring in a guy like Sabe Yolby, I mean, jumping to the DPS now to to have Profit and Fitz who were lights out last year. Like you finally found somebody to to play alongside Profit sort of the way that Bird Ring was able to play to. And now you bring Sabe Yolby in to, to just fill holes. And and there there are certain things where, where Profit is going to be playing one thing and you need somebody to play the tracer or vice versa. And now you got save you'll be to sort of fit in there. Well, and thinking about the DPS, we saw them have a little bit of trouble on just when you had heroes that it's not. Okay. The thing, the, the thing I think about a lot is I remember profit having some, some growing pains a little bit when he first started playing echo last year. Uh, I just remember it not being like a hero he took to like immediately. Uh, I wonder, honestly, with this DPS core, I don't think Sabioli plays that much unless you're going to have it, it has to be in a situation where he's playing the Tracer and Profit is playing something else. Because honestly, like the only other ones that come to mind are like Reaper and Sombra and Sombra. You take fits every single time, I would yeah. say. Yeah, I think it's it's more so like to have him play the Tracer and opportunities. Um, McCree, if Fitz is like if you're in a double hit scan meta. Like Fitz is probably playing like a Widowmaker or an Ash, and then say Yolby's playing your your McCree or whatever else is ending up being paired there. Or say it's say it's Hanzo in Tracer, which is something we've seen. Prophet's playing mm-hmm. Hanzo. 
Like there's yeah. no if ands or buts about it. So you need somebody to play those other heroes that Prophet would normally be playing if he's playing on something else. So I think it's this is a good like three headed beast that they have that I, I don't think Sabe Yulby's best days are behind him because he still played pretty well anytime we saw him. I I the one thing I always wanted from last year for the New York Excelsior was them to pick Sabe Yulby or um Gosh, who was it? I, I'm Nene. Nene, yeah. Like they never like picked one or the other to like be the main guy. So I I, I like this situation where he doesn't have to be the main guy for Sabiolbi, and he can just be a guy. I I really like that for him, even though I think his intangibles for the team are going to be a really nice addition. And now he doesn't have that that certain responsibility he had when he was on New York Excelsior. He can just be a supportive teammate. And a a voice of reason. Without feeling like the team has to be on his shoulders right. the whole time. I I honestly think that, and this is just purely um, a speculative opinion, I think this team does well as long as Sabiobi doesn't play more than like one or two maps a series. I think as, and not in a way of like he's, I unfortunately I just don't. Because he might be I playing multiple maps. For sure. Because I, I, I think if if you are not having him as your number one DPS, you're an incredible team. Because I think he's still a top tier player, not not in that elite level, but that level like right below. Yeah, I think he's like in the Fitz level. We're like Fitz is really good. He's not on Fitz isn't ons though. Fitz isn't DM. Like he's really he's just under that tier. I would argue where he's like not like a top. He's not a top five, but I would say top ten. I think it depends on the hero he's playing. You know, like like there are a few people that you're taking over, like like Lip and and Doha. Maybe you're taking over him in Sombra, right? Like like Widowmaker, you're taking DM, you're taking Ons, but Ons isn't playing anymore. He's retired, so so now there's fewer guys above him for some of these. I think that he will. I think this might be the year for Fitz. I think this is a year where we're going to see a different level from him because there there definitely seemed to be some sort of confidence going into that end of the year. And sure, he he wasn't able to beat Ons, but he was still competing with him. Well, and credit where credit's due, like he and like he solidified a lot last year. He I think I know I had questions about him going into so season three about whether or not he can handle it, and he really solidified. Now when we, I think well, we have to talk about supports really quick. I don't love this. The support line is good. Um, I don't think it's as explosive as Toby and creative was just because I know boobs for the boob. God, Toby's still like, I still love Toby. Um, creative at flex support. I still think is, is really good on. I don't know if I take, I don't think I take him as an elite level flex support yet. Um, I'm not comfortable making that sort of judgment. Onimo, I think the the critique about an Onimo has been like he's solid, he's consistent, but he's not like a big playmaker guy. Like he's not like someone like Lee J, not Lee, J, like Lee J Gone or like an FD God, someone who's going to aggressively get you advantage in a fight. I think he's somebody who's more of like he's going to hold and lock down his area of the map. As far as I mean, Onimo has always been like a very safe support. Um, doesn't die a whole lot, but he's not overly aggressive. 
Um, and then creative, I thought, I thought creative was better than, than I thought. And I mean, the, the, the driving force behind this team are the tanks and the DPS though, right? Like if you have at least above replacement level play from your supports, which I think you probably have, I think you might have a little bit above that. In fact, I think that this team will be fine. Like, I don't think you need to have necessarily the big game changers there. It doesn't hurt, but I think creative at least has some of that ability where you at least can rely on him a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's talk about expectations for the team this year, because we we've spent like I think we're going to have differing opinions because you and I just spent like the last 10 minutes really hyping up this roster, being excited about it. Unfortunately. I still have them placing and having probably a similar result as last year. I don't know if I feel, I don't think the consistency is there for them to actually like be a, a routine top two team. We saw them get top two in one tournament and then like not really do as well afterwards. I think that's like the thing with them, right? Is like they have the potential to be up there with Shanghai. Like, like when we're, when we're, when, if they're in the if they make it into the tournaments, we know that they are a team that can compete and win for it. It's just how are they going to play when they're not in tournament play? Are they going to be the sole dynasty of the regular season? Or are they going to be the sole dynasty of the playoffs? Mm-hmm. You know, does Sabiolbi make a difference or not? I kind of have them in the middle, but it, I think it. I I think the expectation as far as like setting an expectation is like you can expect them to be a team that if they're in the playoffs they are going to be scary i think that well, that's the expectation that you should have but will they be there i guess is the biggest like this is what's the weird part with soul right and, yeah. and this is like always what it's been with the specific guys on this roster gesture and profit specifically when are they going to show up like you have to th- there's fewer regular season games now so those winning those games and getting in matters more now than it ever did before. So I think that you might see them be the team more like in playoffs than the team in the regular season. That's what I think. I hope so. To be honest, in my rankings, I have them towards the, like the problem with a not not problem. This is actually a really good thing. The thing with APAC is that these teams are, except for the bottom team, you can't like you can't slouch like Seoul can't slouch against Guangzhou, New York, or Chengdu because they will get beaten. Like it isn't like there. I don't think there's like super clear gap between those teams. I think like APAC is so tight and so competitive that like if they don't mind their P's and Q's and they don't get that consistent winning, I think that they fall really hard. They definitely can, but they they if they're th- this is why it's difficult, right? Because if they're in the playoffs your thought changes, right? Mm-hmm. Because the, the the core of this roster is so scary. Well, I would say even if they're in the playoffs and also if they're in a decent, if they're in a meta that caters to them, not caters might be too much. If they're in a meta that they can take advantage of. I mean, here's the thing for me, like wh- where are you worried most about them not being able to play something in the meta? Like what position specifically? Tanks specifically. Which tanks? I think that I'm at, that's what I'm asking. Which tanks? I'm going off of what how we saw them play last year, where their dive wasn't as good as it should have been, but it got better at There's, the end of the year, right? Because dive was really important at the end of the year. 
but at the end of the year, they were still going Roadhog Zarya, I think. They were do- they were doing some interesting stuff, but they were still able to get to the championship game, right? Yes. Well, and even then you saw like, and it was Profit can like Profit morphed into final form. Like Creative got to play Ana the whole time. Like I I think they'll be a little bit better as far as being meta dependent, but I think that that will if I don't see them getting top two in attorney like consistently unless they're able to get in with those kinds of metas consistently. I think part of it is what sort of growth do they have? Like, you know, Marvel was okay on Diva. Wasn't anything mm. special. So who who's the Diva player? Like that's the biggest question I have for the tank line. Because I know who your Reinhardt player is. It's in gesture or Marvel. It doesn't really matter. As either, I, I think Marvel probably is the one you give the nod to there. Your Winston player is obviously Gesture. You know who's playing Arisa. You know who's playing Sigma. Uh, you know who's playing Zarya. It's probably to you. So it's like the, the only thing that I really am not sure about as far as the tanks is Diva. So who's your mm-hmm. Diva? That's that's one of the questions that that needs to be answered to figure out how good this team is going to be. Because DPS, I'm not worried about anything. Even supports, I'm not really worried. Creative still is a decent Zen. Like he's still pretty good mm-hmm. Zen. He's not he's not to the level of other guys, but he's still going to be above replacement level. And Animo is going to be solid on whatever main support you need him to do. He 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 might not be the flashy player, but he is going to always be consistent and good enough to get your team in and out of fights. So I'm not worried about the support position as much as I'm not worried about the support position, but it's more of like, are they going to be able to make plays though? Like, I know they're not going Mm -hmm. to screw up, but are they going to be able to make plays? I think those are the two biggest things for me is are the supports going to be able to make plays that can make a difference and are are they going to have somebody actually be able to play diva? Well, as we wrap up, because we gotta start, we gotta start moving on to the next one. What do you consider a like a what do you consider a successful season for Soul Dynasty? I you go. Th- this is why it's hard because this is a team that was in second place in the championship at last year, right? They get to the finals and they lose in, in a very contested series against the San Francisco Shock. Mm-hmm. The best. Let's face it. This the the play the the championship game last year, the best championship game we've ever had. Mm. The the expect the the success is them getting back there, because you've set that bar. You've shown that you have that ability. So get back there and show that you can win it. Sure, you know everybody's talking about the the other team in the region that everybody loves in Shanghai. Right. And, and a bunch of the other teams, too. But Shanghai specifically. But you are the ones that beat Shanghai in order to get into that championship game. Mm-hmm. So show us that it wasn't just because of something a little bit more favorable. And it wasn't even that things were favorable. They were just able to play what they wanted to play and nobody could stop them other than one team. So show us that mm-hmm. that's not that you can do that again. That's that's to me what success is. I'm right there. I, I'm with. Yeah, I think I'm there with you where you have to prove that you are a championship level contender, because at this point you've brought in this much talent. I think you have to prove that you are that you are a regular contender for that level of play. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the biggest key um, is if they can be that consistently, because they definitely have the talent to be it. 
Well, speaking of talented, we're going to go from one star setter roster onto another one. Uh, these guys moving from the NA region all the way over to APAC. It's the Philadelphia Fusion. The Philadelphia Fusion entered 2020 seeking to finally win the Overwatch League Championship. Management had spent the entire offseason and a considerable amount of money assembling the roster and staff needed to get them there. New head coach KDG was coming from the Seoul Dynasty, bringing a fresh perspective as well as experience with top-tier Korean talent. New players Hisu from Runaway and Ivy from Toronto Defiant joined Carpe and EQO to create a DPS war chest considered to be one of the league's best. On top of that, the Fusion set the social media world on fire when they also announced they would be adding streamer and Doomfish specialist Chipsa to the squad, an absolute legend. Sato and Pokepo would return as main tank and off tank, this time joined by Fury, a former world champion from the London Spitfire, considered to be a top three talent at that position. Philly's supports would see the biggest jump with the returning Boombox being joined by newcomer Funny Astro and Alarm. Funny Astro was well-known elite European main support player with time spent on British Hurricane, Atlanta Academy, and even a brief two-way stint on the Atlanta Reign. Alarm was the crowd pickup for this team. The Fusion University graduate was finally ascending to AL eligibility after being considered one of the world's best flex supports during most of his tenure in Tier 2. The roster looked well-equipped to compete for championships, with fans and analysts regularly placing them in top five contention. Philadelphia was a consistent top five team during the season, kicking off with a dominant 12-1 start. Sato, who had often struggled in previous seasons, morphed into an all-star main tank. Consistent support from the incredible duo of Alarm and Funny Astro enabled him to stay alive longer and punish teams more. Alarm was an instant Rookie of the Year candidate and finally earned recognition and perhaps the best flex support player in the world. Ivy and Hisu proved to be a solid and effective DPS duo, which enabled EQO and Carpe to specialize on Genji and Hitscan roles. With the shift to tournament play, the Fusion consistently placed in top four, even advancing to finals play in two out of the three tourneys. Despite such high advancements, the team just couldn't seem to make the final push to the first place status. They failed to win a regular season tournament and consistently lost to first place San Francisco Shock. Still, the Fusion were dominant and ended the regular season with a 24-2 record. They finished regular season playoffs as losers bracket finalists after being stymied by the shock and silencing a surging Washington Justice team. The Fusion made the trip to Korea for grand finals play but were shut out by both the Dragons and Dynasty. Despite a strong season full of incredible play, the Philadelphia Fusion again failed to lock down a first place finish. 
Okay, so Philly went underwent a pretty big transformation team-wise. Um, not just as far as players. Uh, they went. We have a new head coach. You have 9K, who was a very instrumental part of Paris Eternal success last year. Um, 9K takes over the head coaching role. Uh, Christopher and Moby Dick are still here as your assistant coaches. And then a pretty big refresh as far as team composition. Um, lots of people are coming back. Carpe is still your guy, your team captain, your centerpiece. He's your number one DPS. EQO is back as well. EQO, excuse me. Um, and then your two new DPS players are Shockwave, who we saw a little bit of on the Vancouver Titans, and Rascal, who was on San Francisco Shock for the past couple of years. Um, I know you and I, Chris, have been very, very expectant for him to get on a team. We're really happy about it. Um, Support, still arguably the best in the world with Alarm and Funny Astro coming back. And then Tanks is where you look a little bit different. Poco is now your only off tank. Poco has locked down the spot. And instead of Sato, uh, we have Mono from the New York Excelsior formerly at your main tank. And I think the big thing, Chris, is we'll go into we'll go into like the individual pickets in a second. But where do you see this team kind of shifting play style wise? I don't know if they're such a different roster. I don't know if they're shifting that much. I think they just got better talent in certain areas where they kind of needed it. Um, Mono as your main tank is a huge upgrade from Sato, in my opinion. I think Mono is still one of the best main tanks in the world. And now he gets. I would still take Mono over Sato any day. I agree. Exactly. So so you've upgraded there. And arguably, that was one of the spots where you had some of the biggest problems. And not that Sato played bad last year. Sato actually had a really good season. But that was in part because of who was behind him. Funny Astro and Alarm. So now mm. you have somebody a little bit better in front of those two guys. Maybe it makes their jobs a little bit easier. And the DPS lineup of this team now competes with any DPS lineup out there. Like, like it is hard to stack this DPS lineup next to other ones, especially with the addition of Shockwave and Rascal in mm. with EQO and Carpe. Like EQO, you kind of know what you're getting from him. But Shockwave and Rascal are, I think, the the two really linchpins that make this DPS lineup. You you get now, you have things. We're not going to see Carpe on Tracer when he should be on a hitscan player, right? Because now you have mm-hmm. Shockwave who can play that or Rascal who can play the Tracer. So there's some things we should keep in mind with this team too, really quick. Uh, if rumors are to be believed, a lot of the decision to sign Rascal came from the fact that EQO was having visa troubles getting into Korea, which I'm stoked Rascal's on a team. I think the man deserves to be on a team. He's one of the best CPS players in the world. But um, we know that we've heard that there's some visa issues there. We've also, I think it's likely that Funny Astro is not going to be in Korea till pretty late, considering what travel from your, from the UK is like right now. Um, so we don't know if there's, we don't know if there's going to be any disjointedness as far as like him playing on ping farther away from them, but it's a possibility. Um, as far as the actual roster though, I am of the opinion that, cause one of the things with Sato, I think something that I critiqued him as somebody who plays, who, as somebody who needs a lot of resources when I play overwatch, cause I'm not good at the game. Um, Sato is a guy who really like took up a lot of resources in order to really play extremely well. Mono is somebody who's a lot more, I think of an anchor, just a lot more consistent. Doesn't need that much to be pumped his way, at least from what I remember seeing. So my theory of it is that 
Alarm and Funny Astro get freed up a little bit to give Carpe and your DPS a little bit more resources. Which, I mean, this team already puts a lot of resources into Carpe anyways. But yeah, it, it definitely is something where there's less of a focus because you have a, a main tank who knows how to position himself a little bit better and knows when to when to be aggressive and when to not. Like Sato is a very aggressive tank and and there's a lot that comes with that. I think Mono is somebody who can play a little bit more nuanced at times, but knows when to be aggressive. So mm. I, I think the bigger question for me as far as the roster is I, I have never been the biggest believer in Poco. That to me is still the spot that, that that worries me the most. If I'm a Philadelphia Fusion fan, like I'm like we all know about the Poco bombs and all that, whatever on Diva, but do you trust Poco on everything else that you need from a from a off tank? I mean, there was a reason Fury was here, and Fury played a good amount last year for Philadelphia. So that is the biggest question for me it is the off tank position. But the rest of this roster, I mean, this roster competes with any, even with Poco being on the roster. And, and Poco's not bad either, it, it is not the thing I'm trying to say, just compared mm-hmm. to other off tanks. Well, Poco competed with Fury as well. There were some times where, like, where Fury, like, Poco had that starting job for most of the beginning of the season. I think Fury ended up like it eventually started going Fury's way. I think Poco is Poco's fine. Poco is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't think he I don't think he's necessarily going to be a weak part of your system. Right. Or, right. He's not going to lose you, but he's not going to is he going to do as well as your Choyo bins, your Furies? Right. He's the biggest question mark is more of what I'm yeah. saying. Like you yeah. you are not concerned about their DPS at all especially when they add somebody like rascal into this already incredible group and you're not worried about alarm and funny astro who together might be the best support duo in the league that are at least competing for it so an alarm and funny astro year older year wiser too is something i'm excited to see so this is a roster that that has the potential to compete for a championship they were a final four team last year the expectations for this team should be the same going into this year too. I think I agree. I think they I'm expecting them to be final four. Even with how tight APAC is, I still my gut says they still finish top two in APAC. They might. They really might. This I <laughs> I mean, especially when you've got a rascal like Rascal and Shockwave, like you could see I, I, that's I don't, a starting DPS lineup for a ton of other teams. Like that's a playoff starting DPS lineup for a ton of other teams. So I, I'm really curious to see how the dynamic works between Carpe, Shockwave, and Rascal. Rascal is somebody who's used to not being in all the time, but he is somebody who deserves a lot of playing time. Shockwave as well. Th- this is always the, the biggest thing when you have multiple talented guys is how how do you make that rotation work but i i fully expect this team to be competing at the top of apac side note i'm realizing if you need to have if you need to play double flex support with bat well is bap a main support bap it doesn't I, matter rascal's playing it <laughs> i'm saying you could put rascal on the bap if you need him as well, well right like, you, you put you you could do like rascal and an alarm like if there was one area where funny astro maybe had a little bit of trouble i think baptiste was was one of the heroes where he did so yeah, you, you could you could run alarm rascal. That that is something Side. you can do. Also, congrats to Shockwave on, on getting on a championship team. Congrats, the man championship caliber I'm, team. 
championship caliber team. The man was a beast last year on an awful team, and I'm glad that he gets a chance to be thoroughly supported and really have uh, some structure underneath him. Uh, when we look at, so you and I both said it, we were expecting this team to be top two, top four in the world, I think. What is this? I think a successful season for this team is you need to win the championship. That, it needs to happen. That's what they're building towards. That That is what Philadelphia has been telling us. That's what Comcast Spectre uh, you know, has been telling us for how long. Uh, mm-hmm. That, that Chipsa has wasn't to be enough last is. year. <laughs> Not on the team this year, unfortunately. Uh, we'll, we'll miss the Chipsa. That's for sure. No. But <laughs> the the I, more than anything else, I think that this is just um, this is a team that needs to be competing at the top of everything, and, and everybody should expect that, and that's what they should expect from themselves, and and there's no reason to think otherwise. And and successful I'm, season is them doing that. I agree. I mean, I think you saw. When they got to top four, and we thought they were gonna, we thought they were gonna be hanging neck and neck with the other three teams, and they kind of stumbled when they finally got to Korea. I think like that bad taste is still in their mouth, and I think they, re- I would imagine they really want to, they want to make good on what they have last. Year. To be honest, for me personally, that's kind of what I expected from them last year, and it wasn't because of the talent of the players. I just didn't think that they were, they had enough talent in certain spots like DPS Carpe, not it being able to play on what he needs to, because he has to play tracer because nobody else can like, you don't when have you that. Saw they you were, don't have that problem this year. There are also, there were coaching questions for sure. Last year, as far as why they did certain things. I think that yeah. with another year under their belt, the assistant coaching staff will be able to make that transition. I think that I like nine K more than KDG. Please don't be mad at me. Um, we'll see how he, I'm, KDG's on Defiant now, so he's got his own sort of vision now. So maybe, maybe, maybe this was a good split for both the Philly and for uh, KDG. I'm hoping so. But we're going to move on to team number three of our preview. Uh, a team that has, I think, uh, there's a couple people coming back. Team that's been greatly transformed from season three to season four. Uh, Another American, well, another North American squad playing in APAC, the New York Excelsior. Season three seemed to be a do-or-die year for the New York Excelsior. The 2020 roster had been together since season one, with much of the team playing together even longer as Apex Team LW Blue. But throughout their time together, they failed to win significant championship gold. The feeling amongst many fans seemed to be that season three would be the NYXL core's last chance to win together. The long-time group of Sei Biobi, Mono, Jonak, and Libero would return for potentially the final time along with DPS player Nene to help push the team away from their historical, conservative, and adaptive tempo of play. NYXL made key pickups who were known for their more aggressive style. They signed Hotba, formerly of the Charge and Fusion, at off-tank role, as well as former Lunatic High and Fusion University DPS prodigy, Who Are You? The chaotic Genji star had finally become of Al eligible age, 
and many fans hoped that the stable environment of NYXL would be the place needed to help him thrive. Other rookies would also join the team, as the squad added off-tank Bianca from XL2 and Mandu from O2 Blast as a backup main support. With so much talent on the roster, it seemed that NYXL may have finally been in the position to force their way into championship contention. The NYXL started the season strong with a 9-3 record heading into the May Melee. The squad was consistently winning, but suffered from a complete stop in momentum as the worldwide pandemic forced the roster into a particularly hazardous living situation. The squad was able to safely leave the U.S. and set up shop in Korea, returning to competition after a month-and-a-half-long break in play. However, their former dominance turned into a struggle to keep up with the rapidly escalating competition of the Eastern Division. As the Dragons in charge battled for first place, the Excelsior were pushed down to routine third-place finishes. Yu couldn't seem to find a consistent place in the starting lineup, which itself seemed to shift all of the time. Fans were incredibly surprised when former Vancouver Titan Huxel joined the team in June, effectively taking what would have been Who Are You's spot. Rookie off-tank Bianca was a bright light for the team, eventually usurping Hotba for the starting spot. The team seemed stuck between playstyles, which only made the disparity between themselves and the Dragons and Charge more apparent. At season's end, the NYXL successfully qualified for the end-of-season playoffs, but were wiped out by a surging Seoul Dynasty in the loser's bracket. They finished in 7th place overall, 3rd in their division, with a 16-8 record. Alrighty, and when, of course when we say North American squad, we mean like it's, it's, it, Anbox is a North American organization running a full Korean team. Uh, looking at this team, they are, except for two players, completely rebooted. Yes. Uh, you have an all-new DPS core of Feather, Ivy, Flora, and Guangbung. Your supports are Jonak, who is uh, your team captain, of course, coming back. Uh, Friday at main support. And then at main tank, you have Yakpung. At off tank, you have Bianca. And something I'm noticing here really quick, we've seen a lot of teams, Chris, go into, at least as of now, there's still maybe pickups coming. But a lot of teams are running like the heavy DPS core, only two supports, only two tanks. It makes Model sense. this season. Um, I just, I, have, I always have questions as far as like, you need backups, I think. So, eh, um, but here's the thing. You have how many support heroes, how many uh, tank heroes, you know, like mm-hmm. from a number standpoint, it makes more sense to have more DPS because there's more heroes than it does to have more supports and more tanks. I, I agree about backups, but that's not the world we're living in right now. So looking at, I think. The DPS lineup, I think, is the biggest just like mystery pool. So we'll get to that in a second. Let's talk about tanks really quick. Bianca comes back after a pretty good outing with New York last year. I think you and I both felt that he showed well in the performances he actually got to give yeah. and that he deserved another shot. So I'm happy to see him back here. It's really young, too. 
He's only 19. Mm-hmm. So like if there's one thing to say about this New York Excelsior team is they have gone extremely young. They're very young. All throughout. I think Jonak's the oldest player and Jonak is only like 23 or something or 21. Sorry, 21. He's not even 22. So so their oldest player is just able to is legally able to drink in the United States. Um, they are a very young team and th- there's like this is a team with a very, very low floor, but also very high ceiling, I feel like. Uh, your other take is going to be Yakpung, who you might remember from season two as part of the Toronto Defiant when they initially had a full Korean squad. Uh, spent some time in contenders, had a very successful tenure with O2 Blast. Making sure I... Mm-hmm. O2 Blast? Yeah, O2. Yeah, I always get O2 and WGS flipped in my head. Um, very good tenure with O2 Blast. Um, has had a lot of hype and a lot of support coming into this season. I think I'm hoping to see him make a triumphant return. Jonak is Jonak. I think Jonak has unfortunately moved from he's still an incredible flex support, but I don't think you can definitively say he's like with how many good flex supports are in the league now. I don't know if you can even say he's top three anymore. It's hard to say, right? Because what were the problems? Was Jonak the problem or was the players around him the problem, right? Like they kept this core together for so long and they finally, they finally dismantle it. And who is it that they decided to build around Jonak? Mm -hmm. So, well, and that's, he's the guy now. So now there's no more excuses this year. Well, and to clarify, I am not at all inferring that Jonak is bad. No. That Jonak is a weak point. Right. But I'm not saying that. I'm saying that he he has been a guy who, who was part of this very talented group of players, right? But he was the guy always sort of above everybody else. And there's always the expectations put upon this team. And he was a part of that. Right. He, you know, a lot of good flex supports come in. He is no longer just the only flex support that people talk about. So what are you really right? Are you just a very good flex support or are you one of the best to ever play this game? And mm-hmm. now th- New York has made the commitment, right? Like New York had a couple of ways they could have gone this year, who they were going to commit to. Jonak is the guy that they have committed to. You are now the focal point of your team. And not that he wasn't before, but now you 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 clearly are. They've built the team around you. So mm-hmm. what are you really at this game? Like, are you one of the best that we're ever seeing do it? I guess you are. But are you going to be able to win a championship? Um, He's joined by Friday at the main support. Um, I think I was. I've, oh, man, I, I feel like I've heard a bunch. I've heard a bunch of opinions on Friday. Uh, I think it was Hulky actually. He was talking about like Friday being kind of like one of these. A lot of guys got picked up off of OZ Gaming this year, a team which did like all right. I'm um, in Contenders Korea, but I don't think wasn't like a stalwart like O2 or WGS or Runaway. Right. I think Friday was particularly somebody. I think people were surprised to see get picked up. Obviously, Jonak must like playing with Friday, right? Like, why else would they pick him? So who knows? This had to be something where where just him and Jonak worked really well. Again, this is where, like, the whole you have built this team around Jonak. Jonak probably just had as much say as probably anyone else on the team as to who he would Mm -hmm. be having as his main support. And then DPS. So we 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 have previous experience with Ivy. Um, 
Great player for Toronto. Really good with Philadelphia last year. An excellent DPS player. Excellent player. Uh, the other three are all contenders players. We have Feather, who spent some time with Batlica and T and Talon Esports. The logo looks just like T1. I always get a kid. <laughs> um, Feather, I think, has had... I've heard some rumblings of hype about Feather. He's a flex DPS player. Sombra, Farah, Genji... May Echo, I think, is somebody I think is a specific hero for him. Yeah, I think Feather was Flo- known for his Echo quite a bit. You have Flora, who's a hit scan player, um, W played with WGS 02. Uh, Meta Athena. Wow, I haven't heard the name in a long time. Uh, Team Diamond for a little bit of time, too. Uh, I have no, I have not heard anything about Flora. I couldn't really tell you either way. Guang Boong, I've heard a little bit of hype from as far as. New York did an open, not an open scrim. They did like a, a streamed scrim about a week or two ago that apparently Guang Boon played very well in. Um, oh no, scrim bucks, bucks. Scrim bucks oh though. No. So I don't know what, I don't have any faith in anything. Um, but he's going to be, he's another hit scan player for, for you. He is from team cat. Uh, great <laughs> team, team cat. And then, uh, uh, CC trainee as well. So, I don't know this team. I think you nailed it before when you said this team has a very low floor, but could have a very high ceiling if, if things hit correctly. Yeah, I, I think you're you're really you've picked up some extremely talented and young DPS players that you're giving this opportunity to play at the highest level. And you're seeing whether or not you're going to hit on one or two of them. Right. Like, yeah. like Guang Boong w- was in a very tough region having to try and compete with Team CC like Team K- La- contenders China last year, there's a, you know some flux and stuff like that. But Guangbun was a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. Was he Dia? No, but he was still a, you know he's also a lot younger than Dia. So you're hoping that you can develop him, Flora or Feather into a really good player to maybe pair with Ivy. So mm-hmm. y- you have a pretty good and talented core here. Now whether or not that talent's going to show up is the biggest question. I I like. I like Yakpung and Bianca as far as a tank duo goes. Yakpung coming back in after spending some time down with O2 Blast, like this is his chance at redemption. And and it seems like O2 Blast is always usually sending some decent tanks into the league. So yeah, I, I'm really curious to see what Yakpung will end up doing here and, and how good he can be on a roster like this. I'm expecting this team. I am expecting a mid-place finish for this team. I know there are people who are higher on them than I am. I think that they'll they'll go on a run or two in a tournament. I don't see them necessarily winning yet, but I don't think that should be the expectation. I think your expectation is if you can hang in the mid table and be consistently competitive, I'm stoked for this team. It, it's weird because it's like I have them like like I kind of did power rankings, but I don't really I don't know. I, power rankings is always weird to me. I have them at second to last in APAC. But I expect them to be able to compete with all the teams in the middle and and maybe even compete with Shanghai here and there, depending on meta and stuff like that. It's one of those things where it's like, that's how talented APAC is. And also just how young and how inexperienced this team is on the on the largest stage. So Mm -hmm. you you have your anchor and Jonak here, but you have so many question marks around. I think like middle of the pack is a good expectation. And then a successful season is like being a good playoff team and competing, you know, like like if this team isn't competing, there's bigger problems like that's 
you, you've missed on a lot of players that you thought maybe had the potential to really be something. Yeah, I agree with you. Like you need to hit on a couple players this year. And I think that's what a successful season is for you. If you can get one or two of these DPS players to hit, if Yakpung can, so like if Yakpung has a really good showing, if Bianca plays really well, I think you're solid. I think you're excited. And you look at next year being like the, we are making a deep run year. Yeah. Um, that that's possible. I mean, we might be wrong though. They, some of these players might be even better than, than what we think. So I, I mean, I, I'm definitely excited to see this team because I think that there is potential for some of these players to be very good. Now we go from a team. We go from one young team. We're very excited about, unless you have, do you have anything else? We, about no, New York? Okay. I, I, like I said, it's, it's going to be an interesting year for New York next year. So the time is finally upon us. Um, we somehow managed to avoid it for like, well, not avoid it. It just finally happened like two weeks ago. It is now time to talk about the finally unveiled Los Angeles Valiant roster. Twenty twenty represented a complete overhaul of the LA Valiant roster. Despite a decent finish the year prior under new coach Packing Ten, ownership had opted to bring in a young, fresher, and cheaper roster, allowing fan favorite players such as Space, Agilities, and Kareev to walk. KSF, Shax, and Apply at DPS, McGravy at Off Tank would be the only players returning for Season 3. Filling the void was a bevy of unproven talent from both contenders and the Overwatch League. Rain, a backup main support from the Florida Mayhem, was brought in to anchor the support line, while contenders veteran Lastro would take over flex support duties. Dreamer and Gig would join the team at main tank, offering a little bit of flexibility. The final piece would come in the form of KSP, a hitscan warrior who'd made major waves as part of the UK team for the World Cup 2019 team, and had spent time on several notable contender squads. At first glance, most analysts and fans laughed off the new Valiant roster. They routinely placed in the bottom three of many people's power rankings as analysts and couldn't imagine the roster to be worth the world-class talent recently let go. Few voices, such as former Valent main support and Al analyst Custa, held firm that this team was being vastly underestimated, that they had the talent and coaching staff to really surprise people. Fans wondered if the reportedly lighter budget and rookie squad would be able to even hold a candle to the stars the team had previously boasted. The season started off slow for the Valiant. They racked up a 5-6 record heading into the May Melee Tournament, though nearly all of their losses came against top-tier teams. Even so, the young, Hungry Squad took major wins off the fuel and shock, establishing themselves as a force to be reckoned with. Against mid-tier and under-competition, the Valiant notched routine wins. In tournament play, the team had a hard time advancing past Al's elite teams. The Valiant just couldn't seem to beat the top five competition, 
and failed to advance past the second round of all three tournaments. Despite the results, the squad's talent was flourishing. KSP established himself immediately as a player to watch, morphing into one of the game's next great hitscan players. Lastro provided to be an excellent flex support while Shax put on several incredibly dominant performances on Tracer. When the meta served their heroes, this team was incredible to watch. At season's end, the team advanced to the semifinals before falling out against the Philadelphia Fusion and again against the Washington Justice. With a final record of 12 and 10, they ended the season at fifth in NA and seventh overall, massively defying the expectations placed upon them. The team had proven all of their doubters wrong and had seemingly established a bright future built on the young stars they took a chance on. All right, Christopher. So, you know what? For you, I always introduce you on the show by your by your handle, and then I always call you Chris. Like the entire like actual time we record, I'm I'm exposed in the business. It's whatever. Um, it's not a big deal. I don't care. I mean, your your handle's your last name too. Um, sorry, we're. I'm trying to avoid talking about this roster. Okay, so this is a roster. I mean, <laughs> we know for for one, um, at Kochi, you have JP Cat and Hiko, not Hiko from 100 Thieves and Valorant, um, different Hiko. JP Cat is has spent some time with the one winner in T1W GZA Miracle Team One Team Scotty's Gift, uh. And looking at the actual roster, I don't know. I just feel so weird actually talking about this. So at DPS, the prodigal son, the man, long have we waited. Crystal is activated. Crystal is back in the league to secure the bag one more time. He will be joined by Molan Ran, who is a, this is an entire, this is a full Chinese roster. Uh, Molan Ran is from the one winner as well. Uh, you have Silver 3 and NVM at tank. And then, at, oh, along with Shou Cheng. And then your supports are High B at main support and Wia at off tank. What? Wia. At off support. Wia, I'm sorry. Wia as your flex support. Um, Crystal has some Overwatch League experience. We've talked about him a lot over the past couple, uh, past year or so. Wia was part of Guangzhou Charge, although he wasn't active, I think. He just didn't play at all because he was too. I think by the time he actually was old enough to play, um, she was too good. I mean, she was an incredible flex. Now, why, so, is, why is 20? He was old enough. He didn't play for Guangzhou at all. Like, I don't think we actually saw him play at all. Yeah, I can't so, remember if we did or not either. At any rate, he's the only other person with Overwatch League experience on here. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Lobo, but I think a lot of these guys are all from the one winner. Um, Silver Three is from T1W. Um, well, and then Crystal, uh, what's, I think, was High no, B sorry, is also wasn't. from T1W. Shou yeah, Chang is from Flag Gaming and LGD Gaming. This is a weird team. Like there, there are players on this team that I once like had some sort of expectations for at one point. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know, like 
this this is just a very bizarre roster, right? Like, like Lingon Esports is the one behind this, and, and like, here's the weird thing too: is like this roster got announced on uh, on Weibo, and still hasn't been put onto t- to the Twitter. They never posted it. Yeah, it just it got it got posted by other people to Twitter, and then LA Valley was like, "Yeah, that's good enough." Like, <laughs> which is like, I, I don't know. I feel bad for Reagan, but I I think she works for for Immortals, so she probably has. Basically, she's probably like not really worrying about the Los Angeles Valiant account anymore, right? Like she's probably mm-hmm. more focusing on other stuff. But just as somebody that we know in the industry. There, like you feel kind of bad that like there's this whole sort of thing going on. One thing I want to talk about specifically is like okay, there is actually some ability on this roster. I still don't think they're going to be able to compete with any of the teams that are above them. That's the thing, right? Like, like this would actually be a team that could maybe compete with a couple of the really bad rosters on in NA, but that's it, right? Mm-hmm. The the one thing I don't understand is like misinformation that's been coming out about some of these guys like Avast was tweeting out that the main tank for this roster hasn't was like a retired player silver three's been playing on t1w for forever like what what are you talking about what do you what do you mean i think it's that the, so he, there's that comes from if you look on his liquipedia page his last like results, I guess the last like the last tournament result that posts for him is when he was an Overwatch contenders 2019 season two for China with T1W, which is weird. I don't know why it did that, but like he he was playing he was playing in other tournaments. Like if you go to if you go to his results page, then it'll actually show like he's been playing. So yeah, I, that is weird. Yeah, it, because it's, like it's weird, but it's like also you're not paying attention. If you think that's the case, like that's just bad. That that's really bad misinformation from somebody who who I usually believe usually is on top of things. Um, very confusing seeing stuff like that, like the, the show change stuff being a t- you know being a tank. Yeah, that's weird. Okay, that's that's well, one you can say. Well, Show Chang is moving for is a deep so. A DPS player who is now playing tank. Is that correct? Yeah. Now that's one that like, okay, you can be like, okay, that's kind of weird, right? So like Sho Chang other, is going to be your off tank more than likely. The other weird one is that high B, a guy who plays primarily off tank is now going to be your main support. Yeah, that's another one. That's a little bit weird. And this could also just be that that could also yeah, it's it's really weird. It, it, who knows why these decisions are coming through and and how they are being made? But this is the roster that we've got. I I like you know there was a time where I did like Crystal when he wasn't um, deciding to not play. Mm. Like the the guy has ability. We haven't seen it in a long time. Good news, Christopher. For Christmas, bud. That's what we're getting you. We're getting you the L.A. Valiant no, Crystal you. jersey. No, thank you. Finally. No, no, I <laughs> Molanron is a player that I liked. He had to play like off tank a little bit last year, which is weird for him because uh, like they were having him on Zarya and stuff like there's a lot of weird things that happened with some of these players last year. But like I I, I feel bad because like these are guys who are taking their opportunity, right? Like, like they have no choice. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to take this chance. You're getting a good pay. You're getting an opportunity to play against the best players in the league. 
how many of these players are going to be back next year? I I don't know. Maybe mm. two. If that. If we're lucky, maybe right. two. Yeah. If that. So, like, this is a roster, as far as expectations, it's last place. Like, the, of course. Yeah. I don't see any team that they can, I would be comfortable predicting them beating. It could happen. There, there, I think if you get one or two victories this year, you're freaking stoked. There, there was a time before when I thought Silver 3 could be an Overwatch League tank. Um, he hasn't looked like that since then. I'm really curious to see if if maybe now getting his opportunity, if we get to see him sort of return to a form that he had been able to get to before. Well, and something that kind of stings about this roster, too, and I think it needs to be said, number one, and something I'm going to have to hold myself to this year. I think frustrations need to go with the org. Yeah. And not even not to, the on, players, to the frustrations org. and and those need to go to the org. You feel bad because like you said, these guys like there's a very high chance. This is like the only time where these guys are ever going to get a chance to play in Overwatch League. Not their there's only a, chance, but this is their this is the, the ch- only chance that they've got. Right. Like Milan runs a pretty young player still. He's only 20. There's time for him to grow into a DPS player that, that could potentially be somebody in the league like silver three is 21 like he's a guy who who we've seen potential from before but hasn't really been what we expected him to be before you know nvm is a guy who's just doing what he can to get into the league i, I do do what you got to do show chang is still really young 19 years old high well, and so he, something that i'm the thing i think is just gr- really frustrating too and you you mentioned this earlier to feel like this where like you're kind of like the Valiant aren't even bothering to announce you. And I don't know how much they know about like how they're, what they're aware as far as like North American and Europe, like how the team is being presented. Like they're not even bothering to announce you like out here. They're not even, they haven't even bothered to write a Twitter announcement for your roster out here. Like I, I just have to imagine it sucks to feel like not like that's like that you are not that the, the org doesn't even deem you worthy of displaying, which do you earned a spot here? Like, Give these players the credit, like give these players at least the exposure. I mean, here's the thing. The 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 it's not like the people in China don't understand the game. Like if you go to their Weibo post and sure, you're translating from, you know, the Google translator is not perfect, but you can see a lot of people like what? Mm-hmm. Like Hybe being a support like what? Mm-hmm. Like, like there are people questioning things. <laughs> like somebody posted, did you arrange a position for Mr. K's girlfriend? <laughs> I'm just waiting for eventually. And granted, U4 has moved on to do other pretty good stuff with like Harnage of Spark. I am just waiting for halfway through this season. And then we're going to see a video of um, JP Cat leading the team. And then he's going to take off the mask and it's actually going to be undead. <laughs> like. I we're gonna have to do some sort of not even a bet, I guess just a challenge where you and I have to take a punishment if like the LA Valiant actually win a game this year. They might be able to win one. I don't know. I... We'll see how like Oh wait, they don't get well, to play any NA teams. Never mind. They no, probably like, this don't. Thing. like the... I'm I'm predicting last place. I think if successful season for this team, survive. <laughs> Winning a game. Win a game. Win a game and you'll have a lot of people impressed. I mean Crystal was I, a talented player. Milanron is a player that I think has talent. Silver three was a guy I used to believe in. Um, 
Waya, I've always liked as well. Like, like there are players that I like on this roster. I still don't think they're going to win a game. Lobo, I just, the, the meme to me of my mind, the, the, I, a meme came to my mind of, you've seen that meme of the guy standing on the wall at a party where people are dancing and it's just a picture and we'll put your face in it and just because they don't know I used to believe in Silver 3. <laughs> yeah, you could put that, I guess. <laughs> you really Man. could. There's a, there, there's a, know. we did a video, um, leading into the season or, uh, at the end of like one of the, the Chinese contender seasons. And we were like asked like players we thought like, like that maybe people didn't think about that could like be a good player. And like I said, silver three, cause like they're like, everybody was saying like, people were saying Gushue, people were saying Dia and Erster, like, like people were saying all the names that we already knew. So I was like, I'm going to throw a name out there that maybe people wouldn't expect who's like i thought was also pretty good and like could potentially be something one day and he just has never been it you know what you he got to the league though labasca drama nostradamus over here with the biggest brain call of all time silver three overwatch league i was also much high i mean i was very high on marvell when people weren't high on him and i always thought Mm -hmm. he deserved an opportunity and he got in so He's and he's done pretty well for himself. He does. He has. That's one I'm that's one I, I, I you know, I'll wear on my sleeve. You know, there's some that I will. But but um, man, this this is uh, this is rough. This L.A. Valiant, this whole thing is still rough. And good luck, guys. Good luck, indeed. Well, I, I think we are going to have to do some sort of punishment bet or something. Not like actually hurting ourselves. Like we're, we're going to have to do something if the Valiant actually managed to win a game this year. Um, celebrate any, I don't know. anything else to add before we wrap up for the evening uh this was a fun look back again i always like when we get to do these um th- this last one in particular kind of forgot L- like you kind of forget sometimes like what players are on rosters i really like being able to do this because i'm reminded of who who has gone where and it's it's uh it, it it's gonna be a weird year still obviously because we're still in a p- pandemic. But man, mm-hmm. I'm really excited for the league this year. Like, I think there's a lot of teams that are going to make this a lot of fun. I can't freaking wait, dude. I am so ready just to get back in the swing of things. Yeah, me too. Me too. That is going to be it from the from Lobo and I. My name is Ramses. That was weird. I have this really awkward habit of putting phrases like that. Uh, that's going to be it from us at Push the Point. Thanks so much for hanging out. We appreciate the heck out of it. If you want to get in touch with us, please leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice. Meet up with us in the mash those buttons discord at discord.me slash mash those buttons. If you want to get in contact with the show, Lobosco, where can they go? Uh, They can do that by going to uh, at push point POD on Twitter or push the point at gmail.com. If you want to do something more long firm form, Whichever one you prefer, uh, you know, we got some cool new stuff coming as far as the Twitter and stuff. Uh, excited for that. Um, I don't know when it goes live, but it, I know it's soon. So there's some cool stuff there. So be sure to be looking out for that. It's it's not anything like crazy special or anything. It's just like aesthetic stuff. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, if they want to follow you, where can they go? Uh, they can go to at Labosco and they can see me retweeting whatever stuff it is that, that I've been retweeting lately. I don't know. I've been a little inactive. Like for me, I've been inactive on social media the past few days. So, but yeah, 
you'll see all my different hijinks and whatever else I'm going to say that's stupid on there. And if you want to find me saying stupid things, you can go to Ramsey's underscore OW. That's going to do it for for episode five of our season three season four so many numbers episode five of our season four team previews as always thank you guys so much for hanging out for listening thank you to blessed to blaze and bob blessed be he for doing the narrations for all these tracks we love you bobby uh and we will see you guys soon the league is almost upon us in fact when you hear this you probably the league will probably have already started or be about to start have a good night have a good day and we'll see you soon Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord.